Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned, and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. Their happy gummies and their calm gummies cured my dating anxiety, and I am so grateful. You should try them. You need to try them. Don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Head to MindsetWellness.com, fill up your cart with those happy gummies to take before a date and the calm gummies to take after a date, and use code Seeing Other People at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. I'm 23, and I live in New York City, um, and I'm here to talk about Jewish dating on all the different apps um, and how I found someone through all of that. Amazing. Well, first of all, I just want to kind of give a little disclaimer to anyone listening. Like, I know this episode is really going to relate to me and, and some of my experiences. I know not all of my listeners are Jewish. I know you might think, oh, this isn't going to relate to me. I'm not going to have anything to gain out of this episode. Trust me, there is so much we're going to talk about that is relevant to every single human that is out there dating and trying to find love. So definitely stick around. Um, and you might learn a thing or two about some of your Jewish friends too. Um, so thank you so much, seriously, for, for reaching out about this topic. I was really excited when I saw your email because it's something that I've experienced to some extent. It's something that I've seen a bunch of my friends go on kind of different, like religious journeys in terms of their Judaism and in terms of what they're looking for. And if they're looking for someone Jewish or not, or if they're kind of diving into being more religious and looking for somebody even more religious. And so I know I have a lot of questions about this and I'm really excited to hear your experience. So I want to kind of start by asking, like, have you always known that you wanted to be with someone Jewish and, and where did that come from? So um, I grew up in a conservative Jewish household, and um, I would say it was almost like partial conservative because, you know, like sometimes we would have ham, but we would have to have it outside of the house, um, things like that. So um, I was always told from a young age that that's what I should be looking for, and that's what I am supposed to be doing. Um, and, you know, there was always a question of, well, should I, should I not? And even if there were times where I did date people that weren't Jewish, because um, I think it's always important to look beyond where you're where you're from and to see if that is for you, if that's not for you. And I just found like that it was a lot more comfy to be with someone that was Jewish um, and to share my culture. And that doesn't even necessarily relate, you know, in a religious way, but more um, on a on a cultural level. Totally. I think I was always in that same boat. I know. I mean, growing up, my parents would tell my brothers and I like it would break their heart if we ended up with someone not Jewish. And I'm like, but why? And like, I didn't really get it. It almost made me feel like, well, this is something I'm supposed to do. So I don't want to do it. And they would always explain like, well, it's just, there's things you understand about each other, like things that you just get, like, because you grew up not even like in the same way, but in a way, like similar values and, and stuff like that. And I remember during one of these conversations with my parents, I made my, it was more so my mom. I made my mom promise that if 
I had the opportunity to marry Nick Jonas. That would be allowed. <laughs> and she said, okay. Um, I think it really scared her a few years later when I started working with him because I don't think she ever expected that I would actually have the opportunity to like have him know my name. <laughs> um, it didn't work out that way, obviously, but yeah, I, I also experienced like dating people who were not Jewish and it was something at, at one point I had decided like, okay, like I do want to be with someone Jewish. And then I had met somebody who wasn't Jewish and I was kind of like, oh, fuck. Like, but he's not Jewish, but I really like this person. And I kind of kept going with it. And I know this is about your story, not mine, but there's so much I like <laughs> haven't really talked about about this. Um, so, okay. So you did like do that kind of like experimenting and deciding for self, like for yourself, like, yes, this is something that you want. Yeah. Yeah. And so what did you do from there? Like, how did you go about pursuing finding somebody who was Jewish? Um, so I would say that in the US, um, if you look on Hinge, as an example, a lot of the Jewish people on on there, it's a lot of the same types of Jewish people, probably more in the re in the reform boat may not even fully identify um, as religiously Jewish at all. And then I was in Tel Aviv for about six months. Um, and over there, there are just so many different types of Jews. Um, at so many different religious levels from different back from different backgrounds, people that have been in Tel Aviv um, for several years, people that have been there for 50 years, 100 years, coming from all over parts, like so many different parts of the world. And so um, from there, it really opened up my eyes to the fact that I didn't have to necessarily meet someone who was Jewish on Hinge, who wrote like, hi, I'm a nice NJB. I like a bagel. Like, yeah. you know, you'll find me at my mom's house where I'm hanging out with her, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there's always like that type of, um, person, which is, you know, one type, but then there are a lot of other different types. Um, and I found, um, that, dating more on the Jewish apps was helpful in finding a large pop, a large population of different types of, of Jews. And then from there, you can really see, um, you know, do you match with someone that's more re uh, that's more religious? Do you like someone that's from a different country? And it's just, it's a way for you to still date within your religious and, um, ethical, cultural, um, back, um, ethical, cultural background, um, without just, you know, one thing on hinge. Totally. And I also think that's a really great way to explore and, and meet different people and decide what kind of level of religious are you going for? Or do you feel best with, or like, or do you feel like most compatible with? Yeah, I really um, found that to be of use. And it was also really fun to be in Tel, in Tel, in Tel Aviv. Um, actually, there they use Tinder, which is so weird because here it's like, you know, hey, are you yeah. are you yeah. well? But yeah. there it's like people are using it like it's a normal dating app. And so, you know, people are like, well, how did you meet this person? It's like, I met them on Tinder. On Tinder. But it's like a serious app. So it's super weird, but super fun. That's funny. I feel like I hear that more often than people would expect where somebody will tell me like they're using tinder and i'm like 
I, I try not to jump to conclusions. I'm like, okay, so why are you using Tinder? And more often than not, I hear that like, it's actually the app in the area that the most people are on. And it's not just like the hookup sex app, whatever. It's just there will be people looking for all different things, but they're all on Tinder. And you can kind of filter for those things that you want. So okay, so which did you mainly use one of the Jewish apps? Or did you use a bunch of them? And, and I also want to just call out that like, I think this is a great thing because I hear people of all different life stages of all different religions of all different ethnicities, whatever it is. And sometimes they struggle on the like apps like Hinge and Bumble and Tinder, um, what we're talking about Tinder, and there are so many other places that you can go, where you'll be able to find what you're looking for, you'll be able to feel more comfortable and feel more at home and able to express yourself on those apps. So um, I just want to kind of mention that for anyone who's either like, kind of considers themselves to be something that's not necessarily like mainstream on the apps or who's looking for something specific, definitely check those out. So I first started on Hinge and I noticed that I was matching with basically the same guy, but like times 20. So I matched, you know, with 20 people named like Michael. Yep. (laughs) You know, Michael, Josh, David, whatever, so-and-so, like the same 20 people. It actually got to the point where... Um, someone would text me and I would be like, wait, which David is which this? One? Yeah, <laughs> I, I had, they were all Matt's and Ben's for me, all of them, every yeah. single one of Matt, them. Matt, Ben, David, Josh, we yep. got it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, confirmed. Um, and so from there, I, you know, I was thinking, well, this is really only one type and, you know, I can vibe a little bit, but ultimately like I'm not, um, I don't consider myself to be, um, like fitting in one boat in one category. So I went on to J to J swipe. Um, and that's where I found my home. I, I really, um, I always think it's funny that I, you know, everybody needs someone on hinge. Um, I know so many people that have met their lifelong partner on hinge. I think I've met exactly one person who's met someone on J swipe. Um, and they didn't even tell me that that was where they met was that that's where they met them. But I found out through the grapevine, but, um, I think some people, some people are hesitant to talk about it just because it's not a mainstream app. And I think that it, um, is a lot more about in a lot more about intentional dating. And so people feel like they're not as cool or they don't want to like pretend, or they don't want to seem like they're like really looking to meet someone. So they don't want to be on that type of app. Um, but I think that if you really want to meet someone, you should try to meet someone. Yeah. And so what whatever way you're able to do that, whether that's through apps that are more geared towards cultural and religious practices or um, more of a mainstream app or through a matchmaker or through friends, you can't really meet someone unless you are looking to meet. Absolutely. I have to mention that I think the highlight of my 2016, I want to say, was having my cousin send me a screenshot on his J swipe that showed me as one of J swipes most eligible. <laughs> and I have this, this picture I took, I'm walking down the street. I'm like crying. Cause I'm like, I just thought it was like the funniest thing ever, but like also like the coolest thing ever. And I was like, I don't know what to feel about this. And like the fact that my cousin sent it to me and it was, it was just like the funniest thing. Um, 
but I definitely did dabble. So I'm curious what, when you did finally get on J swipe, what were you like having better connections with people? Were you able to notice that off the bat? Yeah. So I noticed that I feel like when you're on Bumble or Hinge, some conversations are like, hi, how are you? Ha ha. Hey, LOL. Like, yeah, I like salad, blah, blah, blah. Um, and on, and like for Jewish dating, it was a lot more like to the point, like, what are you looking for? You know, um, something, you know, really, uh, geared towards what I had written. Um, like I, I wrote a lot about how, um, I'm a really good cook and, um, I would be someone that could like make you brownies. And so everybody came back and they were like, where are these brownies? I want to see them. I want to be here for it. Um, and I found that people were a lot friendlier and that, um, I was able to have better conversations on those, on that app. Um, just because of, you know, here and there, like when people write their bios, like they're more geared towards Judaism, they're more geared towards cultural, uh, top, they're more geared towards a cultural topic. So. Absolutely. Um, I think that's great that you were able to, like, you could have had that written on your hinge profile, but maybe one in every 30 people who saw it would have responded to it. And it's not even like, you're like, I can make great matzo ball soup. Like you, you said brownies, you didn't even have to like, dig into it you were just sharing something about yourself and people were actually engaged and wanted to learn more about it and wanted to start a conversation and I think that goes to show like the intentionality of these more focused dating apps that sometimes people don't consider because they think it's like taboo to be on them or taboo to be on too many or you know they're just going to stick to the mainstream ones and um, I think that's definitely something that when people do go on them they have better experiences. And I mean, this is just one example. It's it's not even a religious example, but like my one of my best friends, um, after getting out of a breakup, went on Coffee Meets Bagel. And it's another like super small, like one of the smaller apps that not many people have heard of or have been on. And um, she is now, she's been with her boyfriend for like four and a half years and they just moved to LA together. And he was the second person she went on a date from, date with from that app. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, I didn't even know Coffee Meets Bagel uh, is an app anymore, but I guess that makes sense that that was four and a half years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, is it not? That's so interesting. Wait, it Coffee still is. Meets Bagel. It looks like it still exists, but yeah, we never hear about it. <laughs> we never hear about it. So, okay, so as you're kind of going on these dates and and exploring like different kind of levels of Judaism, what were you finding yourself maybe being more attracted to or feeling more comfortable with? Because I'm sure that was like its own learning experience for you. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. 
Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. I have to give a quick shout out to Anchor. If you don't know about Anchor, it's Spotify's podcast platform, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Trust me. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free, and you know I love free. Second of all, their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast directly from your phone or computer. What could be easier than that? Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you want it played. You can also make money from your podcast, no matter how few downloads you get regularly. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hope you love today's episode. Um, so I had originally started out thinking that I wanted to not necessarily be super religious, but um, be someone that has Friday night dinners and sticks to that and wants someone that also wants that. Um, Mm -hmm. But as I was going on the app, I started to realize that I really um, meshed better with the people that were either very tied to Tel Aviv um, Mm -hmm. and to to Israel or um, had family that were from there or actually were from there. Um, and so it didn't necessarily matter religiously where where they were because um, there it can be not so much about like do you light the candles on Friday, but because they're like well of course I do, I do, but you know then we're gonna go go to the club or you know Saturday I go see my parents and then Saturday night like I'm hanging out with all of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked that it was more just embedded into the culture as opposed to like I have to intentionally make a choice here to like artificially you know sit down on Friday night and I just like someone that knew off the bat that like being Jewish is just culturally who they are and that it's not like I'm you know from the U.S. and also I'm Jewish. Totally. Do you think that kind of attraction and, and comfort level with those people had anything to do with your connection to Tel Aviv from being there for a while or was it just you know, kind of the way they showed up for themselves and and for their life and and how they carried themselves and stuff like that. So I actually don't think it has to do with Tel Aviv in and of itself. I think that um, being in Israel, I felt this real cultural identity. Um, And I'm not even from Israel myself, but it's more that because you have um, a collective background um, with, you know, half of the pop, um, half of the people there, just because, you know, there's like Jews from Europe, there's Jews from the Middle East, from Af- from Africa, that you just feel like you could have been in the same yeah. town, you know, 85 years in the past, but like now we're meeting on this app. Um, and so it more felt that way than like, this is an identity, like that's a national one. Totally. I love that. And yeah, there is something like, so true and and so real like about what you just said it really resonated with me just feeling like instant acceptance and similarities and it's like who knows maybe your grandparents literally were in the same town in the same room 85 years ago you know like it is entirely possible and it's it's something really special and unique so what were some of your like dating experiences. I know in your email, you mentioned that you went on like at least 50 first dates um, right there with you. And I would love to hear what some of those were like, especially as you, you know, were now kind of in this more intentional dating phase. Um, 
So I went out with some very in, uh, interesting types of people. Um, I went out with one guy who was super nice, um, but I think he'd written that he was five seven and I'm five five eight. And when I showed up, he was literally like five three or five four. And I'm not someone that cares about height, but I felt like when I got to that level, like I did just feel like very large. <laughs> and so I showed up, I was slouching. I was thinking about how my mother's always like, you should never slouch, like always, you know, pre always show the world who, who you are. Like, don't, you know, be bent over. Um, and then when I got there, he was like, hi, I'm five, four. Also here are these origami cutouts of monkeys that I made you. Um, which is super cute. Do you think but I, feel I was like- going to make up for the three inches that weren't there? <laughs> yeah. Hi, I lied, but here are these monkeys. Um, which like, so I feel funny. like if we had had a good date, I would have thought that was like so cute and, um, you know, such an amazing thing to think of and do on the first date. Um, but you know, obviously we didn't really have a, great date like nothing on him nothing on me just like super weird like a little cringe (laughs) I want to call out the height thing just before we go on to the next one because this is something where like I've yelled at my friends about this so many times where it's like they're Jewish girls and they're they want to date Jewish guys and they have a 5'11 6 foot or 6'1 height minimum on their dating apps and I'm like you're looking for a unicorn that doesn't exist And you have to understand that the majority of Jewish men that you are going to meet are not going to be that tall. And they are like limiting themselves. And like, these girls are literally like five, three, like they don't actually need somebody who's six, one. I'm like, you're literally making dating so much more difficult for yourself. And like, if you were to meet somebody at a wherever where you're sitting down and then they stood up and they were like five, seven or five, eight, and you're and you already like made a connection with them, it's not going to make a difference. It really is not. And if you're really looking for someone as a long-term person, you know, whether or not you're going to wear heels and tower over them, I just like, I'd rather look at a nice sweet face my whole life. And then when they get up and we're the same height, it's fine. (laughs) Totally. Like if Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner can do it, anyone can. (laughs) She like towers over him. Um, But yeah, the, the lying about the height thing, is something that's always gotten me. I assume that every guy is like at least an inch shorter than they say on their app profiles. And I've like called my guy friends out on this all the time. I'll be like, how tall are you? And like, okay, what is your hinge that you are? And it's (laughs) completely different. Um, But when it's like that much of a difference, like three or four inches, and I feel like that's, this is just one example of like things that people kind of alter the truth on on their dating apps like I know people do this with age too because they think that like their age is is going to result in them being filtered out from people that like they'd actually be compatible with I'm just like you don't want to start these situations and, and these dating situations and these connections off on a lie and that is ultimately what it is and I understand that dating apps do not cater to everyone. I understand that people can filter things and that some people get a little left behind, but I feel like there's something kind of like, I don't like the word icky, but like kind of icky about like showing up to a date and finding out that like one of the few things you know about this person isn't even true. Yeah. And I think this was actually mentioned on an episode that you just did or like that came out a few weeks past about people lying about age. But, um, 
yeah I just I I think what what it really is is that you know girls that are you know five two five three like if you meet someone that's five two or five three like maybe it's, like, it's fine yeah. <laughs> you know like right but but then their pushback is like well our kids have no hope like we I need someone <laughs> to come in with height and I'm like I don't know what to tell you like <laughs> I can't we can't win we just can't win um all right on to the next date story okay um I went out with this one guy where um he told me like oh let's meet at this at Van Lewins and I showed up um and he was like okay I'm here and I was like well you're not here because unless you're like the 65 year old man that's outside like that's not you I don't think I hope not so you know I don't think that you're here and he's like oh actually like I went to the east side um and I think you're on the west side. And I was like, oh, well, this God. is where you told me to go. He's like, okay, well, I'm just going to walk to to you. I'm like, that's literally like a 45-minute walk, but like fine. <laughs> um, so he comes and like we meet um, in the park. And he's like, oh, this is so beautiful. Like, what is this? I'm like, this is Central Park. Stop it. <laughs> It's like, what? oh, I didn't know that that, I'm like, I just don't understand, like, and I never want to, like, rule someone out, because I'm like, he didn't know this, or he didn't know that, but it did definitely make me feel a little bit weird that as a New York girl, that I'm going on a date with someone, and he's like, oh, I've never been here, you know, and he'd been there for, like, a few months. How do you not know what Central Park is? That what is else don't you know? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, that's so, I just like, don't know how I would proceed with the date. I obviously wouldn't leave, but like, I wouldn't be able to focus on anything else. I would just keep going back to that. I know. Yeah. It definitely does get hard. And I tell this to my friends, like when you are someone that's going on date after date after date, that you really want to make sure that you're not going to spend like four or five hours with one person. I feel like, um, a lot of people are like, all dated out when they're like, okay, I went on two dates this week and it was a total of 10 hours and like yeah. nothing came of it. And it's like, if you really have these like quick 45 minute, one hour chats, and then from there, like choose whether you want to go out with them or not, like that's so much better than, you know, like, oh, we're going to get drinks and then we're going to do dinner and then we're going to go to a, com a comedy show. I, I mean, I guess if you're like the type of person that just wanted to do that anyway and to find someone to do that with you, but um, I definitely found that these like 45 one hour dates, like set it with a, a timer, a timer goes off, like, oh, I have to go or like, you know, oh, that's nothing like we can continue talking. Yeah, I was gonna ask how you kind of go about that. Because I I've definitely and I was always the person who would go on like the five hour long first dates. And um, those situations literally never worked out. And I've heard like so many people give that piece of advice, like go on shorter dates, like have it be an hour or 45 minutes. And I've just always struggled to like wrap my head around like, well, how do you cut it off at that point without it being awkward or like seeming rude, like you're cutting, like you're not valuing their time and you're cutting it off short. And I guess I'm curious, like, did you ever have any bad experiences with doing that where people were like, wait, but we just got here or like, were, was everyone really kind of like, okay, yeah, like, I'd love to see you again. Or like, let me know when, like, was it easy or did you find any challenges with it? I always have a hard time cutting it off, but I think that, um, you do have to make sure that you 
um, in advance, like tell people that you have this amount of time or that after we do this, I'm going to go here so that, because it would be really sad if they like were so excited to meet you and then they plan this whole night. And then after like one drink, you're like, I got to go. Um, so I think it's important to be intentional and to tell people in advance because everybody is, you know, out there to try to find the same thing. So, um, you want to make sure that people are able to understand where you're coming from and that you are being nice. Yeah, definitely. I think that is smart to say it in advance and, and then they know what's going on too. They know it's not personal and like, there's a very good chance that you would see each other again, just as if you went on a three hour long date. I think what you definitely, what I definitely would not do is like show up after five minutes and be like, well, you know, like I just don't, this is not what I want to do and then leave. Like, I, I don't think that that's nice. And I know that like, I'm sure everybody has gotten stuck where they show up and in the first five minutes, you're like, oh, this is not going to work. But I still think you need to like, take that time one hour, um, get to know the person, like maybe your initial reaction isn't what you walk away with. Um, and also that you're like, because you set that date and you made that time, like you do have to go through with it. Totally. I also, I, I wonder, and maybe I'll post some polls about this. Like how many people have gone on a date in the first five minutes have been like, Oh, like, eh. and then like 30 minutes later, an hour later, they're like, Oh, this is great. And I definitely want to see this person again. You know, I like people are really nervous and anxious and have a lot of emotions going on when they're walking into a first date, when they're meeting someone for the first time. So many people who are out there dating and who could be great partners and who are thoughtful and and really intentional about dating have social anxiety. Like more than half the people I know have social anxiety and going on a date and making that first impression isn't always easy. So I totally agree. Like if you're committing to meeting up with a person, like at least give them like the chance to show you who they are. And worst case, if at minute 45, minute 60, you feel the same way as you did at minute five, like, okay, at least you went through the experience of feeling a little uncomfortable and like pushing yourself to make conversation and be a decent person. And I think that's something that everyone can benefit from. I think that that's definitely true. And I also think that unless someone really had a strong, like either red flag or a thing that isn't necessarily a red flag, but something that I didn't want, I would usually give people two dates because you know, everybody is nervous on the first date, I would be like, and I remember over COVID too, like the FaceTime dates, they got me like I could not it was so nerve wracking to go on. Um, You know, and in person, it's like when you meet someone for the first time, you're like, okay, I'm gonna get ready now. And now I'm gonna go on the bus, and then I'm gonna walk over and then I'm gonna see him and then I can say hi. And over COVID with the with the FaceTime calls, it was like you log on and then you just press a button and they're there and you're like, whoa, Um, and so it was definitely really nerve wracking. And, um, I do think that people should have two chances unless like there was something, you know, first and foremost, that it really doesn't make sense for you to be dating. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And yeah, unless something like really traumatic happens or something like if you have a history with X type of person and there are all these signs that this person is similar to those people who it didn't work out for you for whatever reason, like, yeah, I, I think oh, most people will pleasantly surprise you on a second date. Um, and you'll also feel more comfortable and probably less nervous, um, which I say that even though the second I would start to like somebody or be excited to see them, I'd get more nervous. You're like um, wedding all day. <laughs> like <laughs> the, 
text comes in you're like i can't look i can't look yeah panicking like the stakes are so much higher like okay like i'm into this person i want it to work out like what am i gonna mess up um but we've worked through that you guys we worked on that a lot there are ways to to combat that um i know you had another hilarious story about why you didn't like somebody and who they reminded you of yeah so i went out with this guy several times i had actually just been through a breakup um and i was really sad um, it was like a best friend that I had in college um, and it didn't work out. And that was that. Um, and it made a lot of sense, but it still, you know, made me really sad. Um, and so I just kind of started dating, you know, right after that. Cause I was like, Ugh, like I'm lonely. Like I just, I, I need this. So um, I went on the app and um, I found this guy. He was like funny, you know, a comedy kind of person. Like we met up in person. He was, you know, really funny, like we vibed, um, but it it sort of felt like a little bit more like a friend. Um, but I decided to, you know, push forward and see if there was more going on there. You know, we went on a second date. Um, he was a few years older than me, so I felt super grown up. Um, cause I think I was like 19 at the time. Um, and so, you know, someone who's like, you know, even two or three years, years older, it's like, wow. <laughs> um, so we went out again and I was like, I still don't know. I don't know what it is, but there's something I don't really like. Um, but okay, I'll try just one, one more time. This, this third date. So we go to this third, to the third date, we go see a movie. He gets me, uh, bugles um and because they're too crunchy i can't eat them during the during the movie um so then i'm stuck with the bag and he's like let's go for a walk and i'm like all right because i still want to eat my bugles that he gave me what's a bugle what oh it's like um in hebrew school they would give you those snacks that look like a like the horn that people blow on um the high like a shofar yeah I don't think I've ever had a bugle. Oh, it's like a God, Temple charade to feel robbed me of this experience. <laughs> Damn. So I, had okay, my, continue. I had my bugles. Um, and then I just, on the walk, I looked at him and I was like, oh, oh no. I'm thinking to myself, he reminds me of George from, Sein- from Seinfeld. This is why this is not... <laughs> that's on I couldn't see that I couldn't see it and it wasn't and again like when you meet someone you know so many people in this world are great they're nice they're gonna meet someone else that is gonna love them and someone is just not for you and it was like nothing on him I just looked at him and I was like oh no <laughs> this is that not is so funny this is yeah like this is not for me I can't spend every day feeling like I'm in this show or watching this character but it yeah. took me a while it took me a while to see that um I I also had another um thing where I met this guy on the app um he got my number but added me on whatsapp and then called me on whatsapp at 10 o'clock at night um and I literally warning did he tell you he was gonna call you no (laughs) Uh, um oh I think we should talk before we go on a date and I said yeah that sounds good and then usually when that happens, you like plan in advance plan, and, you yeah. and you can prep for it. But I was literally in bed, retainer in, you know, glasses on, like, and suddenly like I get a call. <laughs> was this during COVID or post like quarantine? This is during quarantine. Okay. Um, but like without warning at 10 PM. <laughs> so I would say, you know, we had fit, we had fifth, uh, 50, 60, 
um, people that I went out with. I went out with people sometimes, you know, one date, sometimes like six, seven dates. Um, but it gets to a point where it's an exhausting process, but yeah. you really start to feel like you have gotten more of a sense of what you really, really want and what you really don't want. And yeah. so as I continued dating, I was able to find, you know, these are the three or four things that I really want. Um, there are two or three things that I really don't want. And then beyond that, it's a give and take. So how, if you don't mind me asking, did you end up meeting your partner? Um, on J on J swipe is where we met. Um, I don't even remember swiping on him. I was like swipe crazy for a few weeks where I was like, this is my reality TV show dating time. Like I'm going to go on like 80 dates. I was just like, swipe, 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 swipe. Um, and then I just received a message, um, that was like, oh, I see on your, you know, you wrote that you like these types of books. Like I also like this and that. And then we talked for a little bit. Um, and he had said that, um, when he started talking to me that I sent him like paragraphs of texts and he was like, okay, this is either like really going to work out or this is going to be like really bad. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> so, That's funny. Yeah. So we met there. Um, I wasn't like, um, again, upon swiping, I didn't re I didn't remember him at all, but I was really, um, excited to go on the date with him. Um, we also met in Central Park, um, but I actually Ubered to a block before where I was going to meet him. And I, cause I didn't want him to see that I was lazy and like taking an Uber. An Uber. But you know what? He knew what Central Park was and where it was. No. <laughs> and, and we applaud him for that. Also, before we, we keep jumping ahead, I just want to call out that like, he sent you a thoughtful first sure. message. And I have never like people get so lazy with dating apps and and then get so conflicted on like what to say first. And then they end up just saying like, Hey, how was your weekend? Like I've never heard a relationship coming out of one of those initial messages. And he messaged you and like asked about something that you expressed that you were, you were interested in. And that's how you were able to have like a semi meaningful first conversation that led to more meaningful conversations. Right. But I think that also comes with a disc with a disclaimer that, that's from a person that wrote um, on their pro on their profile that they were looking for a serious long term relationship. And I know that people do feel like they don't want to say that or they don't want to come on too strong. And that can be the case because sometimes you do look at that and you're like, well, that's a little bit too much for me for now. So you yeah. know, you can take your pick and choose if you want to write that or not. Um, but the good thing about this app is that people do really write, you know, if they're looking for something or if they're not. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that culturally so, comes with that sense of like, um, being really straightforward and being like, this yeah. is who I am. This is what I'm looking for. Like, end. yeah. And no like bullshit in between. Yeah. I love that. So how was this central park date? So I did what I just said earlier that I shouldn't do. And I went on a four hour date um, I would say that we ended it just at the right time because you definitely, one of the issues with a four hour long date is you don't want to get to the point where it's just too long and you're, you like the person, but like stamina is running out. I'm an introvert. Like I have to have, I think Tinks talks about like 
how your phone time, like you like plug back into, into the wall. Got to like, recharge needed, yourself. Yep. Yeah. I needed to like get to a charger, plug myself back into the wall. And so you don't want to get to a point where like you, it's like a quick burn where, or like a quick flame. I don't know the right word for that. Um, I know. Yeah. Yeah. The flame burns out quickly. You're yeah, like, you're you losing the steam. Flame yeah, yeah. To burn out too fast. So if you are going to take that risk, be a risk taker and go on the four hour date, you really need to make sure that you end it while it's still good. Um, so we ended it while it was still good. I, I can tell you like everything that we talked about on that date, the exact route that we went on, what I learned about him, what he learned about me. Um, I actually didn't even see his face on this date. Um, because we were both in masks. Um, uh, okay. I was like, what do you mean? That yeah, makes no. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't show up with like a horse head walking around. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, wait a second. What kind of thing was this? That's funny. It was still um, COVID. So I actually didn't yeah. see his face and he didn't see like part of my face, which was actually good. Cause I had this big stress rash that I was having due to the fact that I was going on so many dates. Um, so I was able to cover that, that up with my COVID mask. Um, but you know, we ended the, the day and he was like, here's everything that I'm looking for. Um, like, here's my like five-year plan or like my 10-year plan. Like, this is what I'm looking for. And I feel like if it's the wrong person, that can really rub you the wrong way. And you can be like, oh, I this is not for me. But um, I was like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. I think, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, from there, you know, he said, should we go out next week? I said, actually, I'll be gone for three weeks, but I'll see you when I get back. Um, and he really thought that I was dumping him on the spot after him saying like, I'm looking for a serious relationship. This is what I want. Um, and so then we met up three weeks later, mask, mask off. <laughs> so we finally got Ooh. to see face. And I think we've been, um, except for maybe like one week, we've been together almost every single day. Wow. I love that. And I I totally agree with what you said about like, if it's the wrong person, you're going to be like super turned off by somebody saying that. But I am such a firm believer that like, from the perspective of someone who's sharing that information, it's like, be yourself and sh say what you want to say. And if somebody doesn't accept you for it, or is rubbed the wrong way for it, they were never your person to begin with. They were never, it was never going to work out because you have to be your true self. And I totally agree with like from on the flip side of that, like, yeah, if you weren't into him, you would have been like, that's so weird that he like said this to me on our first date. Like we just met and like, we didn't even know if there was gonna be a second date yet. And he like told me all these things, but like you were interested in him and you were interested in the person that he had been that throughout that whole date. And so you were like, great, cool. Sounds good. Thanks for sharing. And like, I think that's something that just kind of goes for anything that you're going to share on a date that anyone's going to say on a date. And it's just like, as long as you're being yourself, like it'll help you kind of find the right people and cross the wrong people off your list. Right. And I think that that's what he was doing too, that if he is him, if he is who he really is and he likes planning and he wants to know in advance of like, even trying to start a relationship, someone that they are looking for what he's looking for, and they're on a similar type of timeline that you're then not wasting any time. Um, totally. And so, you know, I saw his time timeline. I was like, well, we might, uh, uh, you know, change and adjust a few things in my head, but I feel like all of the negotiate, like all the no 
all the negotiations come later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Got to get a few steps to go there. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we've been together ever since. Um, we live in the same uh, in, in the same apartment now, um, which is great. So we moved in together at about the year mark. Um, but for people that will say like, oh, that's, that's so early or, you know, like I wouldn't want to do that. I, I think that it's really about like making sure that you're at the level and have like matured your relationship um, to a level where you can talk about all the things that you need to talk about before getting to that, to that stage. And I think that um, depends a lot on like where you are in your life um, and how much you see each other um, and how in, how entrenched you are in each, in each other's lives. Um, and so that point isn't really like, you know, like some people move in five years down the road. Some people move in like two months. I don't know how I feel about that one, but, um, I think it's just all a matter of like making sure that you've like addressed all the things you need to before you get to that point. Absolutely. I think something like that is so personal and, and specific to each relationship and each partnership. And, you know, people always will be like, oh, like, how long should we be dating for before we move in together? Or like, well, we've been dating for X years and he doesn't want to move in together yet. Like, is the relationship doomed? And like, there's no one way to do it. There's no like rule for the perfect amount of time or the number of months or years you should be dating before you move in together in order to make it work. Like, I completely completely agree with what you're saying where you have to just be at that point in your relationship and and have that ability to have these conversations that you need to have um in order to live together in order to get to that point and clearly you did and clearly it's worked so i applaud you for doing that and for having that like open communication stream i know it's not always easy thank you yeah it's definitely been great um i'm really happy to have met him i feel really lucky um and it's just so nice I love that. Oh, I'm like smiling really big. Um, well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story and your experiences. Is there anything that I have not asked you or anything you wanted to share that you haven't gotten the chance to? Yeah, I think the big thing is that um, I see a lot of people saying, well, you know, if this guy doesn't like sports, then we can't be together or you know, he has to be this height or I like to sleep in. So if someone, you know, likes to wake up at 6am, like we're not going to work. And I think, you know, I maybe used to say things like that, or like, you know, I used to live down downtown and I would say, I'm never going above 14th street. 14th. Like, a oh, classic. great. <laughs> you know, like, and things change in your life. Um, and so I think it's really important to, as you're dating, you really do have to go out with enough people that you know what you're looking for. And I feel like a lot of people will say, well, I did go out with so many. And then it turns, okay, well, how many did you go out with? And it turns out that that number's eight. And it can feel at the beginning, like it's so hard to get to that point where you're going on all these dates and so hard to figure out what you want, but it is going to be, you know, trial and error until you're able to get there unless you're really, really lucky. Um, and some people really are, but I think it's really important to accept the person that you're with and to value the traits that you wanted to find in, in someone. And beyond that, I think you still have to love the person for who they are um, and work together to come to terms and come to a part a partnership. Um, and so I don't think I would have learned that or felt that way if I hadn't gone on 80 million dates. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and I, I totally 
am on board with you at the point of like, I get how exhausting dating can be sometimes. And, and sometimes when you throw yourself into it, you feel like it's all you're focusing on and you're going on a million dates. And it's like, yeah, like that's the, the reality is no, you might've only gone on eight dates. And I feel like I hear that so often. And that's not to say it's easy to get dates because I know sometimes, and especially depending on where you live and what you're looking for, like it can be really difficult to get dates, but you have to date and push yourself to go on dates like you said, in order to learn and in order to figure out what you do and don't want. And I think that's the most important part of the dating process. And it's really difficult for a lot of us to digest that because we just want to skip ahead to the part where we meet our person. But without going through this process, we're not necessarily going to know who the right person for us is. And, and I also think that if you're dating in a small town, using more general apps, you can probably meet someone. Um, but if you're dating in a big place like like New like New York City, there are just too many people here. And so if you're using more of those niche dating apps, whether that's based on cultural or religious be beliefs or a platform like Locks Club, which like is kind of cultural but also kind of like more intentional dating. Um, so more apps that you know are catered toward you and your wants and your goals. It's just too hard to meet someone um, or it can be really hard to meet someone when you're just kind of like throwing your, yourself into a pool of 80 million different types of people. And then you have to go by yourself and pick out um, people to go out with from that huge, from that huge pool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again so much for being here. And um, of course, for reaching out and wanting to share your story. It means the world to me and to everyone who listened. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Definitely share this with a friend, a cousin, a coworker, group chat, family member who you think would learn something from it, which I know is every single one of those things I just named. So share this around, start up these conversations. If there's anyone who you think would really benefit from hearing some of the things that we shared in this episode, I know. I know they will. So send it their way. Share it on your story if you loved it. And if you have something that you want to share on a future unfiltered episode, please do not hesitate to email me your story at seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you guys soon. Thank you again so, so much, Anonymous. <laughs>